Because of her mysterious behavior, I have decided to name her Mystery. Hmm. Now that I think about it, she's also very graceful and majestic. Perhaps I should name her Grace or Majesty or Debbie. Ahoy, mateys, and welcome to another episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. My name is Captain Eric, and we are continuing our sail through the third season of SpongeBob SquarePants. Today's episode is the second half of the 42nd episode of SpongeBob SquarePants and first premiered on July 12th, 2002. And because they air the episodes out of their production order, which, um, I mean, other than serialized shows, I don't know, cartoons, it's it's pretty it's pretty common to air the, the show sometimes out of order um, for whatever reason. Uh, but for SpongeBob in particular, this episode uh, in its airing order was actually the 100th episode of SpongeBob SquarePants, um, to, you know, technically, just for the episodes that they aired. Um, so, yeah, it's not in its production order, the 100th episode. But, yeah, so we got we to throw that out. Give a congratulations here to, you know, if you were watching at home and, and keeping track of the new episodes, this, this for you would be the 100th episode of SpongeBob SquarePants. This also marks... The beginning of Ken Osborne's work on SpongeBob SquarePants. This is the first episode that he worked on and, and stayed with the show through its third and fourth season and also working on the SpongeBob SquarePants movie. So we'll be going through a lot of Ken Osborne's work and, and here he is throwing it out there with, with a pretty low-key but wacky episode, very reminiscent of Jellyfish Jam. The time SpongeBob uh, brought in a wild jellyfish into his house and, and how things kind of collapsed. Uh, we, we see a similar situation here with, with a wild horse instead of a wild jellyfish. SpongeBob has now upgraded to a completely different animal class that, you know, I honestly, I could see somebody reasonably owning a, a jellyfish as a, a pet, but a horse, they, you'd have to have an entire outside enclosure and be prepared for that. And SpongeBob, of course, is not prepared for that whatsoever. But uh, the episode begins, I love that we get... Uh, a start here with a bit more of the narrator. Um, the narrator, which was always reminiscent of uh, famous oceanographer Jacques Cousteau. If you've never looked into his work, uh, please. That is, uh, um, that is a treasure trove of content worth jumping into. That is an ocean of, of content worth jumping into. Uh, I, I love that we just get this little moment where he's he we get more of the because he, he does he does this in a few episodes where he's almost like narrating uh like a nature documentary on bikini bottom it, it always sounds like in in those beginning intros like he's going to be talking a little bit more and it, it's usually just a one-time thing but he stays a little bit longer this time commenting on on the sea star and and their habitats during the springtime and what they're doing in those habitats and uh it's a great gag that i i love i i kind of adore um, but we also get another gag that, that becomes a very ongoing comedy gag in SpongeBob. And that is just the, the world, the universe being outright mean to Squidward, even when he is trying to do the right thing. That's now up to this point, we, we've seen a lot of, of karma bite Squidward right back, uh, self-earned situations situations that he just consistently finds himself into and, and is the root cause of but there's also half the time where there is a lot of unjust uh torture and just downright meanness that happens to the character even when he is 
outwardly trying to be a better person and is trying to do the right thing and it's just the universe still coming down on him um i i it's his role of on the show to take that punishment totally understand it um (laughs) so i in this episode i don't know they they went a little bit overboard with it that i think it it became funny and there's the rule of comedy here uh comedy comes in threes if you're a Rick and Morty fan, you you should recognize that statement. Well, if you if you pay attention to this episode, there's a lot of the the three act comedy bits that work majestically each and every time throughout this episode. There are a, a ton of laughs, but um, so right in the beginning, it's springtime in Bikini Bottom. We got a we got a little bit with Patrick shedding his his winter coat and storing it for the winter or for the springtime, which is just covering it in sand and I, I guess he just retrieves it you know before uh before winter sets in but right as spongebob and squidward are coming out of their homes uh spongebob asks you know squidward to say hi to the flowers because spongebob was just saying hi to everything as usual squidward instead of scoffing the idea off or, or saying something nasty he, he's he's very melancholy but it's early in the morning seemingly by the by the lighting uh, he goes down and actually says hello to the flowers, which the flowers apparently are living and I don't know, I'm I'm can only guess carnivorous, but they actually hiss at Squidward, prompting him to run back into his house. Nugget nugget one of just kind of the universe being unfair to Squidward. He was saying hi to the flowers. I, I know he was being a bit melancholy, but you you gotta give a guy credit right in the morning. It's a bit unfair to to go that hard on him, but SpongeBob perceives this as Squidward having hay fever, so that prompts him to plant some hypoallergenic flowers, which it's really sweet. And uh, yeah, I I'm just that that would be really nice for somebody to do if they if they found out you had an allergy and they they took out all of the the bad flowers and replanted you new ones. Unfortunately, every time SpongeBob looks away, uh, the the flower he had just immediately planted has has a massive bite mark into it the gag here is is a very classic spongebob type gag in which every time spongebob looks away the flower gets another bite into it keeps planting new flowers then eventually not wanting to take his eyes off the flower until they are dry and brittle and one little hello from patrick you know, like a, a bunch of time passes in between like the third flower and the fourth flower and uh, and one little hello, one look away from saying hi to Patrick and comes back and there's a massive bite mark again. So classic jokes up to this point that that really work, really land, had me had me on the floor la- like laughing just even though I wasn't on the floor, I was I was sitting. But uh, I was I, I was laughing audibly at some of the jokes in this episode, this being one of them. Uh, come to find out that it's it's no mystery as to what was biting into those flowers. SpongeBob had to look just look up and notice that a seahorse, a wild seahorse, was biting the flowers. SpongeBob is enthralled with the seahorse and is obsessed with this horse throughout this entire episode. A horse that he deems the it, tameable, and sets out on a quest to tame this horse and make it his friend, which of of course he does. But what's great is before he he eventually woos this horse into his life, the, the some of the names he was going over, uh, he he was kind of like 
looking at the horse, writing notes, noting how, how graceful it is, how majestic it is, and coming up with, you know, grace or majesty as possible names, or Debbie. And uh, and apparently in the French dub, ultimately they decided to just go with Debbie. So uh, kudos to to the French out there for going with that decision. I love the name Debbie as the horse's name. Uh, but he ends up settling on the name Mystery because of just how mysterious she is. He ends up wooing this horse very easily by his bookmark, which looks like a flower. And I think at this point... Once you hand the idea is once you hand feed an animal, there there's a little bit of a bond there, and and that is one way you can earn an animal's bond is just giving it food. It, that that's a level of trust. Hey, I can trust this thing. It just it feeds me all the time. I think that's why our pets love us. Yeah, I'm sure some of you listening have a pet who absolutely like the second a, a bag of chips opens up or something, they just, they go nuts. So they uh they you know love food. Here's SpongeBob feeding mystery, and and we get another gag here of a, uh, we get a nice bit here where SpongeBob has a mustache and this back and forth between the camera looking at his face and uh, in mystery, um, just once again another joke that lands completely, love it every time. We then get a, a nice montage of SpongeBob and mystery and all of the different things they're doing, very reminiscent of hanging out with Wormy and just the the little playful uh, little montage there. Um, one of the bits being straight from Titanic with Mystery playing the role of Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, painting SpongeBob laying down on a on a couch with a sheet over him. If if you've seen Titanic, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, very out there, crazy comedy bit that I absolutely adore, and and the fact that it's there, like wonderful. Uh, so. Eventually, you know, we even see the the nighttime routine once again. SpongeBob willing to give up his bed for uh, for another animal, and uh, and having to sleep on the floor. Totally fine. He's he's cool with it, one hundred percent. When it comes to going to work, though, that's where things pose a problem. Well, you can't bring a wild animal into the into your workplace, and SpongeBob knows this. Uh, decides to tie up mystery outside like you would just at the old west and i love that there's an area for this to happen at um but unfortunately we get a actually like kind of mature joke here where uh two customers uh believe that mystery is a uh is a coin operated like ride on horse and um can't find where the coin slot is but then they they discover it which prompts mystery to cause a tantrum if you can put two and two together as a human being you know exactly what that joke is and that's that's hilarious it's absolutely funny and even the first time it aired i knew exactly what they like did there and it was it was just like wow that was a really mature joke on a children's show that is absolutely hilarious if you get it and it's such it's such a clever joke that uh, because it's all it's all audible. It's all set off screen. There's nothing shown or anything like that. So um, if you get the joke, you get a nice laugh. And that's that's a wonderful thing. Uh, because of this tantrum, Mr. Krabs, you know, discovers that SpongeBob, you know, brought this horse, you know, to work and she's causing an issue and she's got to go. She can't be here. SpongeBob completely disregards this this order from his boss. And makes the situation worse by now bringing Mystery into the kitchen and is hiding her within a cupboard. Now, 
he is trying to do the right thing and having a, a, a stable being built for his horse, which is a great idea. Step one, if you're going to buy a horse, is to get a proper stable for it. Uh, the issue is he has Patrick building this stable. And uh, and it's a classic image of Patrick sitting down, holding a hammer with a board nailed into his forehead. Absolute classic image of Patrick. Another meme out there that's been used. Um, it, and Patrick has all of my favorite bits in this episode. He literally steals the show. It, it, it honestly, Patrick has the energy of Chris Farley in, in when his when he was on Saturday Night Live. Because there would be sketches where Chris Farley was not the star of the sketch. He would just be a bit player in the in the background, or he would have one line. And if Chris Farley had one line, he would make sure that that, that one line would be the most remembered thing about that sketch. And and out of all of his attempts, he, he, he knocked it out of the park almost 100% of the time. Uh, you know what? Like, definitely over 100% of the time, because even when he probably failed, it was still more memorable than anything else. Patrick, every time he's on screen in this episode, even when he's doing nothing but sitting there with a board in his head, completely steals the show. It's it's crazy. Um, but <laughs> so he has a stable being built, but he's hiding Mystery in the kitchen, and Mystery can't stop eating things. She's eating Krabby Patties. She's eating a lot of Krabby Patties, and you know that that is not a good idea to, to gorge on Krabby Patties. She's also eating other things in the kitchen, like pieces of spatula. Uh, she ate Old Man Jenkins or one of the various variations of Old Man Jenkins, one of the many Old Man Jenkins in town. Uh, she's, she's eating other things. She's eating every order that's supposed to be coming out of the kitchen. And we get probably one of my favorite gags in this episode. The, she, SpongeBob puts an order on the, on the window still for Squidward to pick up. Mystery had eaten the order. And when, Sp when Squidward goes to get the tray, he yells, you know, SpongeBob, where's the order? And, and SpongeBob asks very naturally, did you look under the tray? And Squidward goes, you know, no, I didn't. Sorry. And lifts up the tray as if it's a regular thing. And the fact that Squidward apologized for that, um, it gets gets just I laugh every single time. This joke, this bit absolutely works. By the way, we forgot to mention that uh, before this bit with Squidward here, he is out, you know, riding his bike and sees SpongeBob, you know, kind of hanging out with a horse and, and whatnot and seeing, you know, they're frolicking and instead and Squidward, instead of yelling something, you know, fresh and mean and jerkish out, decides to hold restraint and to, to bite his tongue and say nothing. And even says, think of your karma, which immediately means that Squidward trips over something on his bike and careens him off of a cliff to land at the bottom, only to have a nuclear looking explosion happen upon his body. Uh, just the life of Squidward, ladies and ladies and gentlemen, Squidward tentacles. Um, now with Mystery going on a rampage, eating everything, eventually she is caught by Mr. Krabs, and and Mr. Krabs this time takes his approach with SpongeBob in a in a bit like he was already harsh, tried to lay down the law that didn't work, and he was smart to know that like all right, if I double down, it's just it's not gonna work. I gotta I gotta actually like really explain things to SpongeBob and takes the more tender route with, 
you know, explaining to SpongeBob that, hey, there are things in life that, that we love that sometimes it's better that we get rid of. You know, we have to think about the other person or the other thing before ourselves. And if you look at mystery, she's not meant to be in a kitchen. She wants to be out in the wild and look at her. She looks really depressed because mystery got sick on everything she was eating. So, um, it's, of course, SpongeBob gets onto the idea that he, he's going to have to let mystery go. We, we do get old man Jenkins back out of the tummy. Uh, once again, a, a different old man Jenkins than one you're probably thinking of, but we, then we go outside to SpongeBob telling Mystery to, to go. And it's one of these really sad, somber moments where SpongeBob can't even look at Mystery as he's telling her this long, uh, this long goodbye. You know, I, I, I can't keep you. You're going to have to leave. Uh, you're going to have to go back to the wild. Mystery leaves. Pretty much as SpongeBob says, you're going to have to go back to the wild. It's a very nice way for her to go like, all right, no problem. Uh, but in this time, he keeps thinking that that she's still standing there and he's getting more aggressive with uh, with his tone on, on her leaving uh, to the crescendo of, you know, I, don't you want to get like get out of here, you stupid animal. At this moment, Patrick had walked into frame with the board still nailed on his forehead. He walked up to SpongeBob only to be told, get out of here, you stupid animal. And then he just walked right off a of frame, not even changing his ex his expression. One of the best bits in this episode, and once again, Patrick stealing the show completely without even having really to, to lift a finger, just walking on screen, taking a verbal beating, and then walking off screen. The episode ends with another moment with Mr. Krabs and SpongeBob before Squidward announces to Mr. Krabs that among all of the items that Mystery was eating throughout the Krusty Krab, she took a pit stop to his safe and seemingly ate every dollar that was inside of the safe, which then prompts Mr. Krabs and SpongeBob to be running off screen, running after mystery off into the distance, wherever she got into uh, the episode could end there, but we get one extra bit where Patrick going to visit this, this hat store that was introduced in the montage earlier of SpongeBob and mystery buying goofy hats. It's Patrick wanting to go into this hat store that is kind of made out of a, it's like a giant cartoon bomb. It's like a pink cartoon bomb with a big circular window and the, the door in it is just, it's really small. You have to step up into it. And the uh, ending gag here with Patrick still with the board attached to his forehead and the board is blocking him getting into the door and he, he just bumps into the doorway, you know, three times before the credits roll. That is my pretty seahorse. One of my favorite episodes uh, of this entire show, of this entire season, uh, we do have Frank Welker as Mystery the Seahorse. To give credit where credit is due, this this episode was written by Ken Osborne, Paul Tibbet. The storyboard artists were Carson Colger, William Reese, and Mike Roth. Our storyboard directors are Ken Osborne and Paul Tibbet. Our animation director was Tom Yasumi, and our creative director was Derek Dryman. Uh, this is, like I said, it's a, it's a fantastic episode being paired up with Club Spongebob. Like, this is a powerhouse episode right in the beginning of the third season. So, like, here we are once. I mean, we all know that these first few seasons are, are just constant knocks out of the park. Um, but but this is this is great watching here. Uh, I, I love that the line of Squidward in this episode, I order the food, you cook the food. We do that for 40 years and then we die. That was included in a Time article 
called Soaking Up Attention that came out on December 9th, 2001, seven months before this episode even aired all the way in July 12th, 2002. So that's, which might sound crazy, but I mean, seven months before it aired, the episode must have been mostly done and, and definitely at least the script because um, it takes nine months for animation. Yeah, that, that stuff was, was pretty much finalized at that point. Uh, but that was My Pretty Seahorse, and that is another episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. My name is Captain Eric, and I appreciate you making this show a part of your week as you are a part of mine. Uh, any way that you see on supporting the show, following any of the social media in the podcast description, sharing this show to anybody who might enjoy any of the content I make, uh, all of that is completely appreciated. Thank you so much. And if, and if you consider yourself a part of the Ready crew, uh, welcome aboard. Uh, all are welcome. Thank you so much. Uh, this is the Squarecast signing off for this week. Stay safe. We'll see you next week. Go. I can't keep you anymore. <laughs> I know it's hard for you to understand, but Mr. Krabs is right. You belong in the wild. Well, what are you waiting for? Can't you see I don't watch anymore? <laughs> Just get out of here, you stupid, dumb animal! <laughs>